Hello, welcome to Early Education's PedPod. I'm Cathy and today my pedagogical conversation is with Annie McTavish. Hi Annie. Hi, nice to see you. Thanks for having me today. You're very welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do please? I can. I do. A, I mean, I do a real mixture of work in early years. So I do some training, consultancy. I run lots of different workshops, and I do some speaking at conferences. And the other side of my work, I'm doing work in settings, uh, either projects or doing supervision. What was it that led you into the world of supporting and nurturing children's creativity? Well, um, I've got I've got an arts background, so I trained originally as a fine bookbinder and I did that for quite a while but I also got involved in hat making as well. I mm. loved hats so I, I began making my own hats and, and ran a business for a while doing that and it was during that period I was I was actually, uh, I had probably two or three cleaning jobs on the go and one of the people I cleaned for mm. had set up uh, a cooperative playgroup with a group of like-minded parents so that was where it all began and they invited me in to do some art work Mm -hmm. with the children I'd never really worked with young children so I went in as a volunteer and really enjoyed it so that was where it started and I think I think what I really loved was the spontaneity of children's work creativity their thinking and that there were constantly surprises so I never really knew what to expect I didn't find it easy it was probably one of the hardest (laughs) sort of bits of work that I'd done but I began there and eventually was offered a a permanent part-time position and I thought I might stay for a year I ended up staying probably about 10 or 12 years and I eventually became a full-time practitioner then the deputy and then head of the playgroup so and I learned a lot and it was a it was a a particular sort of type of playgroup in that they had a real emphasis on supporting young children's personal, social and mm. emotional development. Mm. So at that time, we had also started doing supervision, professional supervision. This was in the late 80s, early 90s. So that was quite new yeah. and forward thinking really for its practice. time. But it was also how I really developed myself as a practitioner. Yeah. I mean, I did train as well. I trained in the evenings at London Met Uni, and I also trained and did sort of different courses on psychotherapy so sort of putting those backgrounds together yeah yeah so that was where it started really Mm. what aspects of the UIFS can you tell us about that enable us to develop and support that creative learning um, and children's creative processes well I think I think the really lovely thing about the current EYFS is that we've got a a really strong emphasis Mm. on the characteristics Mm. And I think the Tickell Review did a brilliant job of highlighting the importance mm. of those. I mean, we have always had them and mm. they've always been important, yeah. but I think highlighting them more and creating, you know, w- what we now know in the English document as the characteristics of effective learning yeah. is absolutely crucial yeah. because it underpins all learning. Yeah. So we have that and I think it's it's great that we've got a focus on that and it's a really good reminder, actually, that in particular creativity and creative thinking crosses all areas of learning and development Mm. so we'll have Mm. children being creative through their mathematical Mm. development Mm. through their physical development Mm. you know through the prime areas but also Mm. across all areas and um, I mean I think particularly as you probably picked up I've got a particular passion for the arts so I do think that the arts offer us some real some lovely freedom to support creativity and thinking with young children that's sort of different 
different to perhaps other areas of learning but it doesn't mean that creativity isn't happening across all areas mm. and can be supported mm. through all areas of mm. learning. Annie can you tell us what you understand by the term creative thinking? Well for me there's two aspects I think because and if we think about creativity and, and creative thinking the first bit is about ideas and, and, and having that spontaneity and having that thought process but then the second part around creative thinking is what you end up doing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that involves tons of different things, actually lots of different processes. And I think it can be to do with uh, problem solving, taking risks, sort of being willing to have a go and sort of do do something sort of different. I think it's about working together, collaborating. Mm-hmm. We talked about that earlier um, when we were chatting. But the importance of being able to collaborate together both as children but also the practitioners as well I think it's about being learning to relax about making mistakes <laughs> because often things don't go according to plan that yeah. you know they often go wrong and I think that's a really important thing for children to have the chance to learn about and in fact if we don't have mistakes we then often don't have new discoveries yeah and we definitely. don't you know have wonderful sort of exciting things that that's really important yeah that yeah. come up there's yeah. a really there's some lovely writing that um, Anna Craft has done around yes. possibility thinking yeah. and I love that word possibilities and she talks about things being sort of um, what is to you know what if um, and I think that's a really nice way to think about creative thinking I think it also involves being able to pause and reflect yeah. And think about, oh, well, how could I have done that differently? Or how could I change that? It's also about remembering and making connections with things too. And I think that's part of our job as a practitioner to support that process. Mm. Definitely. And I think creative thinking is quite hard to define. I think people are still trying to define it. And I think one of the important things to remember about it is is that it is not just one thing. It is lots of different things. It's really useful because I I think that's, that's... probably why I asked you in the first place because it is I think it is something that we we find quite hard to yes. unpick yeah it takes a bit of time yes. to unpick it but yeah. that's really useful and I think what I take from that is the questioning and the the, the what if and but also the reflection and the being comfortable in the mm. in the making mistakes maybe yeah and, um, I think that's really important things out yes Yes, and those little, those sort of language things we might use with young children, yeah. you know, a child who might say, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, if we can just support them to be thinking, well, you can't do it yet. Yes. And that's really helpful to be able to offer that and just encouragement. And, you know, I'm, I love, I think one of the things that we need to keep working on developing in early years is, the, is imaginative play and yeah. how important that is. If we think about the imagination almost being a bit like a muscle and that we need to exercise that muscle in order to Mm. get it better Mm. and to develop its strength Mm. and being able to imagine things, imagine what's not there or to have a fantasy about something or to to envision something. You know, that's one of the things that engineers and scientists will do. Who's the woman who wrote The Philosophical Baby? Alison Gottmick. Yes, okay, yes. Got, so, yes. Yeah, I've got her on the shelf. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I was just thinking about her, you know, I remember her talking about yeah. the sort of thinking that an engineer um, yeah. or a scientist would use is the same sort of thinking a child would explore in their imaginative play. Yeah. And that sort of exploratory, that drive to discover and find out about things, those are really important processes. Yeah, and such a vital, lifelong skill. Mm. I think it sort of taps in for me things around supporting children with their sort of personal 
social and emotional development yes. and that whole thing around being able to tolerate frustration and I think within our culture at the moment there's a real push to sort of uh, gratify you know requests for things uh-huh, or to get uh-huh. something immediately and yes. actually it takes hard work yeah and I think creative thinking yeah. involves hard work and I think that's one of the things we have to remember that uh, we have to keep trying at something and it might not work the first time and we have to keep going yeah. at it and it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen at some point so yeah. all of those important skills yeah. around having a self-belief yeah and the persistence of, yes. and the yeah. um, being willing to have a go and trying again yeah. and I think one of the things that's always really important to me as a facilitator mm. working with teachers and practitioners mm. is that I have to give them their own or sort of facilitate their own uh, experience of being creative mm. so there's always going to be something experiential to do because if you don't mm. have the feeling yourself of what mm. it's like to be creative how can you be expected to support that in babies yeah. and children yeah. So I think that's one of the things. And, you know, I think teachers have got to be engaged in their own creativity if I'm then expecting them to try Mm. and facilitate that with young children. I mean, that's a really important part of it. I think there are those sort of aha moments, like, ah, now I see it. And actually, so I think observation is going to be absolutely key. If I'm working in a setting, it's always a real privilege to A, be there and be with the children Mm. and practitioners, but to support them maybe to see something maybe they might have missed or that might be really frustrating. I was just thinking, you know, like a child playing with the taps in the bathroom and that actually, you know, flooding the sinks or adding tissue paper or toilet paper and that that can be quite difficult. Mm. But in fact, it's quite a creative process. Mm. And then what we'd be looking at is how we could redirect this in a way that is going to work. So can we have some really exciting water play happening? And can there be, I don't know, cotton wool or kitchen paper towel and looking at sort of all sorts of lovely science stuff then around absorption and you know what's happening with filling and emptying and things. It's turning um, something that we might not want to happen into something open and creative and going in the flow of the children's learning I suppose and through noticing Mm. it's that tuning in and noticing I think that I think that's really important so that's I love that I love that when someone's been struggling with their own process of understanding it or thinking about a child who they find challenging possibly how we could look at it look at it in a different way or perhaps reframe what that child is doing yes so rather than annoying and difficult could they be curious and excited about learning yes i think what's that inquisitive yes nature you know how can we feed that in a constructive way i think so and i think the other thing i think is really useful to remember is that the sort of creative thinking process is not always comfortable Mm. that it can actually feel quite stressful and quite difficult and quite anxiety provoking Mm. if you haven't done a lot of it yourself as a practitioner Mm. or you feel or and children can Mm -hmm. feel like that as well Mm -hmm. they might be really trying to do something or have an idea for something but not have got there or or Mm. they're not sure how to take those steps and I think that's part of our job and my job is to support practitioners to see the steps they might take to support a child to get where they want to be if they've got a goal in mind in mm. particular. Mm. Um, that sounds really supportive yeah. and nurturing, yeah. not only for the yeah. child but also for the yeah. adult. I just want to think about interactions now and how adults can support creative processes. Sustained shared thinking is part of this process of interaction and plays a vital role 
in creativity and I often get asked about this by teachers and practitioners about how you can sustain shared thinking with young children. Could we have a go at exploring this mm. perhaps? Yeah I mean I think for me it's I can get really bogged down with all the different ways we might do this mm. as a practitioner mm. and somebody said to me a little while ago uh, this just these three words mm. which were watch wait and wonder okay and I thought those were just really helpful partly because as a you know when I'm in settings and if I'm working with children and I still very much feel myself as a practitioner as well I have a tendency to move in too yes. quickly. Yeah. And so that's a real reminder for me is just to watch, watch. and wait and wonder. Okay. Because I think quite often we might think that a child is doing something um, and assume that they're thinking about the thing that they're actually doing, mm -hmm. whether it's playing with clay mm -hmm. or whether it's exploring water or they're in the sand or whatever it is we might assume they're thinking about the thing they're doing yeah. but quite often they're not they might well be thinking about something completely different and if we bowl in there too quickly mm. a it is sort of it's an interruption mm. and it can disrupt their mm. thought process mm. so I think a really helpful thing is to wait and just see what it is just watch and notice what it is the child is doing how they're exploring whatever it is they're doing, what are mm. their movements, what do they seem interested in and curious about. And if we were to have, you know, have a guess about what they might be thinking, to, to think about that quietly in our own minds. And ideally to wait for them to make the first move in terms of an interaction. Mm. That's the ideal. Now, not every child is going to do that. So I suppose the next stage for me would be to think about what sort of comment I could make yes. that would at least signal, A, I'm here, yes. and B, I'm really interested and curious about what you're doing. Yeah. And so it would just be a very simple comment. You know, oh, I can see you're, you're rolling that clay. Something and you're smoothing it down. A commentary or yeah, a just description. A, just a description observation. or a commentary and yeah. observation. Just really simple. Yeah. Um, and then just to wait and yeah. see. So I think a yeah. really lovely, uh, the really lovely description for me is that whole thing around serve and return yes. interaction. That was coming to my mind yes. as well when you were saying yeah. that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and if a child serves to mm. us, how do we mm. then return that? Mm. And if we then serve, mm. then how do they mm. re return that back to us? There's a lovely, lovely little bit of film on the Harvard uh, University website about serve and return interactions, which links to all of the brain development going on so I, that's oh, a, a nice resource yeah and I think it sustained shared thinking mm. reminds me a bit of a dance mm. you know it's a to and fro mm. of sharing ideas mm. and developing mm. thinking together so part of that possibly might even involve me sharing some of my thinking yes uh, just thinking about you know exploring clay and you know thinking about how I might like to explore clay or that you know there are different types of clay and those sorts of things so that you are also if it feels right mm. sharing some mm. knowledge and mm. information because if someone's interested in that then it's it can be really lovely to hear you know just facts yeah. about things and I think we hesitate perhaps sometimes to do that yes. as practitioners and it's to add something yes, or to, to add bring something, something of our of, of us yes and yeah. I think that's yeah. I think we have to remember that it's called sustained shared yeah. thinking it yeah. is a sharing 
yeah. of two minds and, and two ways of thinking. Yeah. But it has to be done so sensitively. You know, yeah. we, we, it's, it's a, a real skill. And it I think is. We have to real, really, the only way we get better at it is to, to practice, practice it. So Definitely. that's the that's the most important thing. And if we don't practice, then we you know we're not going to develop those skills in ourselves. And for me, my experience of children is that um, they can often be very generous. So if we get it wrong <laughs> at one point, you know, and they look up and just think oh, um, that there's often another opportunity. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. But to watch and wait and then wonder, yeah, I think is really really helpful. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I'll take a look from that. Because mm. one of the things I was thinking about that was around we have to be tuned into children's timing. Mm -hmm. You know, that there'd be some children who might be working quite quickly and, and really welcome quite a, um, a sort of involved interaction and questions and a whole conversations. But yeah. there will be other children who really could benefit from some quiet and some calm and space mm. and time to mm. really explore whatever mm. it is they're exploring mm -hmm. I think other things around children's processes are really I think children don't have enough time to daydream no. in a really enabled environment just mm -hmm. to really think and sort of zone out a little bit I think that's really important I think there's got to be choice I think there's got to be lots of opportunities for choice in play experiences in the environment you know about children being able to really follow their interests as well as have those uh, important moments of adult-led or adult-initiated interactions where the adults, you know, has been watching and knowing what's going on and then adds something new to the mix to mm. sort of support mm. a child's sort of inquiry. So I think that's going to be really important. I think another thing that's crucial is to make sure children have got time to do their own problem-solving. We can often get in there too quickly mm. or provide an answer when children are really capable with encouragement often of coming up with their own ideas yeah. and sometimes we try and do that too quickly on their own behalf yeah. and I think you know if children are concentrating and really involved in something just really waiting so that we're not interrupting mm. that is mm. is really important I think you know we've we've covered this really but we we know in the EYFS creativity is not just incorporated within um, expressive arts and design no, learning course, area. Yeah. It really weaves through the characteristic because of the characteristics of effective learning and supports children in having their own ideas and makes links and how children choose to do things. And I'm relieved to know that um, the DfE have committed to keeping yes. the characteristics of yes, effective I'm learning. I'm really in. relieved about that. Yeah. yeah. So yes. with this in mind, I was wondering, how do you support practitioners and teachers and leaders in, in showing how creative learning, playful, playfulness, play, playing creatively and creative thinking can weave throughout the whole EYFS, throughout the learning and teaching and the children's experiences? Mm. I mean, I think one of it, again, I think it's really important to have those professional conversations. And I think, like, a really lovely thing to do if you're in a team or, you know, working uh, within a, um, a group of childmind is, is, is to uh, 
have a bit of film of a process of learning mm. taking place mm. and then have time to talk it over with colleagues mm. and to think about then what characteristics you're actually seeing and how they are inter interlinked yeah. together. Di Chilvers in her book about uh, creating and thinking critically, she talks a lot about the Reggio yeah. philosophy and uh, the and de and describes the lovely phrase around the characteristics being a bit like a big bowl of spaghetti, all weaving in together. <laughs> that's a good enough. <laughs> you know, thing, and um, yeah. uh, and I think yeah. that's a really a really um, sort of good description. Um, but I think it's the time to talk and then reflect on what you see a child doing and spotting those characteristics and I think that can be really helpful. There's mm. some great stuff mm. in the booklet that you helped with, the Creative Thinking and Learning booklet uh, that we produced in Newham that's got some lovely descriptions in the back actually around the sort of language you might use to describe children's creative thinking and learning and, and also the other characteristics and some sort of prompt cards and I think that can be really useful mm. actually is just to either have a look at that booklet, that'll be free online, but also just looking at the Development Matters booklet as well mm -hmm. and having a look at just some of the language yeah. and, and picking up some of those things in the front of Development Matters. There's yeah. some really useful stuff in there. Yeah, a really good section that yeah. breaks it down, breaks down the enabling yes. environment yes. and what the adult can yes. do. Yeah, and I think yeah. also give yourself permission actually as a practitioner just to, and not even actually to have to write anything, but just to go and watch children's mm engagement and mm. play mm. really helpful mm. you know go outside and just have a have a look outside and and see what you spot in terms of children's creativity and um, and thinking you know how are they thinking to climb up that ladder or to um, and have a go on the mm. rope mm. and having to work out having to wait for a turn but all of that mm. you know creativity and critical thinking will be happening out there out outdoors as well so it's almost like turning into a bit of a detective and looking yeah. at it in places maybe you didn't think before, possibly. I think, I think we'd be very surprised, actually, how often we'd see it mm. if we yes. if we specifically yes. looked for that and had that time to observe yes. and notice inside and outside. Yes. And yeah. I think we'd be really surprised how often yes. it's going on. Absolutely, children. yeah. Mm. And mm. then we can also think about that in ourselves. You know, when are we making connections? Um, you know, when are we reminding ourselves of things or, you know, supporting children to remember stuff? So... You know, in order to support that in the children, we also need to be exercising those mm. characteristics ourselves as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will be will be wanting to um, go away and try something out tomorrow. So maybe one or two of your favourite okay. open-ended ideas. Okay, it's really hard to think of. Just yeah, one I bet two. it is because I I also think there's something. It's really important to remember sort of the magic of every day. Yeah, splashing in puddles. Going okay. down the shops, outings, okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Great, great inspiration for children. So those sorts of experiences are going to be really important. And just having everyday conversations and chat. But if I had to choose two mm -hmm. things, I would choose block play mm -hmm. and movement and dance. I mean, it is happening everywhere, but I mean, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of block play because I'm mm -hmm. planning a project later this term with a setting I've done some work in. And, but I think block play has lots of possibilities. So indoors or out... You know, if possible, a great set of of blocks. Community place brings to mind. I mean, just beautiful blocks. But of course, there'll be other blocks. Mm. And I mean, I remember we made blocks mm. at one point in mm. my setting because mm. we had no mm. money. We mm. were fundraising. Mm. We got parents to come in, and we'd saved boxes and boxes for weeks on end. We covered them in paper with with paste. We waited for them all to dry for another week, and then we painted them all different colours. 
and then Excellent. we varnish them with um, water-based yeah. varnish and then we had this amazing set of blocks I mean they didn't last forever but they did last yeah. for quite a long time yeah. so there's all sorts of exciting things and you a great could do process with them. in the meantime great well. process yeah. and if you wanted yeah. to you could do some research with the children on jungle animals and then you know provide some inspiration and different sorts of paints and then you might paint your boxes all design your own sort of markings and things and then create your own wild animals by constructing these so things like that mm -hmm. I'd have a well-organized space for block play yeah. and have some photos inspiration yeah. I might take children out yeah. photograph yeah. the neighborhood yeah. get them to choose buildings you know mm. interesting brickwork mm. I don't know environment mm. things that just caught mm. their caught their attention mm. and mm. then create that into a sort of inspiration book of images that we put in our block play space I'd have lots of little you know those little small colored blocks yeah tiny ones I mean not super small but just sort yeah. of the ones that you use for postings and um, I'd have those and and different found objects and um, and different things to add to it so natural materials pieces of wood I'd have mark making in there, maybe clipboards and pencils attached and books and stuff. And then movement and dance. I don't, I mean, adult led is great, but I'd also want to make sure there was a space for really free movement and dance. And I'd want to encourage practitioners to, to have some just simple resources like colourful ribbons, mm. some scarves. I mean, lining fabric is great if mm. it's snipped and then torn into quarters bright colourful lining fabric it's very Excellent. cheap down the market that makes really great dancing uh, resources because yeah. it and it, then children have the chance to extend their movements and do different things with those I'd want them to have access to easy music that they could do that would be really great and I'd want to have you know space indoors and out perhaps to do that there was the Outdoors and Active booklet that had some lovely stuff in about movement and physical development from early education. And of course, Musical Development Matters yeah. that's just been produced. So there's some lovely, lovely stuff in there. So I, and, I, and part of that music and movement as well can really lead into story making mm. and creative story making mm. where you might then act out a story using a bit of music, m using some dance. Mm. And that can become a, a wonderful sort of conversation between you and a group of children be lots of lovely sustained shared thinking in that the possibilities are endless yeah. aren't they yeah they thank are. you they yes. are and I think it's great to if we think about also what we love to do as yeah. practitioners you know follow your instincts and and also I mean I particularly enjoy doing that sort of creative mm. work sort of mm. movement mm. and dance and story making but you know thinking about an activity that you might really enjoy thinking about creativity and supporting and encouraging it it nurtures very sort of long-lasting dispositions that can continue into key stage one and key stage two and and lifelong so I mean can you sort of comment on on how you see that journey and how you see learning in UIFS related to creativity moving through with children's learning into their adulthood yes I mean I think I think it's really important to consider this actually because it, it also then helps us reflect on why we do what we do and mm. why it's so crucial mm. and why it's so important and in fact if children get the chance to do a lot of this thinking this type of thinking and, and get the chance to exercise this this these sort of processes now they're much more likely then to continue to do that yeah 
build the confidence to do that and build the skills to continue doing that sort of throughout school and then further you know as 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 they reach adulthood as well so I think those things like curiosity yeah being curious about things you know that if we can really foster and support that things like persistence and perseverance you know Mm. sometimes people will give up too easily when they're trying to do something so I think those are really important qualities or attitudes I think being willing to you know have a go at something and and again we spoke about making mistakes but not being phased if something doesn't work or goes wrong knowing that that's not necessarily about us it's just that we haven't quite worked it out yet Mm. so just to sort of keep going Mm. and you know the the ability that if you've used your imagination as a child that then you've got much more likelihood that you'll be able to do that as an adult and there's all sorts of creative ways you might do that if you've lost your job and then to think creatively about how you might try and find another job Mm. or who you might ask and if you've had the experience of being able to collaborate with other friends with children that you know and work with have been at school with then you're also much more likely to take those skills into the workplace of being able to co- collaborate yeah. negotiate You're so right. work together and problem solve and I think there's a you know a really important thing about having a flexible mind you know that you're not too stuck so that you can be flexible and then if we have a flexible mind then we're much more likely to be able to innovate you know and come up with ideas and and think creatively in that way one of the things actually that I I've been doing some writing recently but I was reading some of Donald Winnicott's work Mm. and I really like the connections he makes about valuing the uniqueness of people and uh, of each person and that everyone has a sort of right to be able to discover and explore the world in a sort of personal creative way and that if we do that there's a, a wonderful sort of connection we can make just for ourselves internally that's about actually just being ourselves Mm. being individual being unique and that um, it's a great way to to support children's emotional health and continue that definitely yeah definitely yeah and I think if if the more we give children the opportunities and the support and encouragement and can engage in that sustained shared thinking now then that stays with them you know we remember those Mm. good experiences Yeah. yeah that stays with us yeah amazing thank you Annie you've given us so much food for thought you're um, really welcome it's a pleasure it's been lovely to talk about yeah, it yeah it's been amazing it's been inspirational thank you you're very welcome we'll put all the papers and links and references that Annie's mentioned on a page to accompany this podcast mm-hmm.